재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs Discover the best of news and current affairs Primetime on TBS EFM Okay, so that particular incident uh, was a trigger. Now, as far as South Africa's decision, uh, this comes after another African nation, Burundi, signed legislation to uh, become the first to withdraw from the ICC. Uh, What was uh, Burundi's case? Why did they decide to leave the ICC? Well, in fact, we can now observe that South South Africa beat them to it because decisive for withdrawal is not so much a domestic decision or legislation, but notification to the United Nations. And that South Africa has given such notification, but Burundi, as far as we know, has not done so yet. But uh, Burundi's decision to leave the ICC should be seen in the context of its more general rejection of international actors that criticize the government. So the country has seen significant violence since April 2015, after President Pierre Nguyen-Ziza controversially declared he would run for a third term. Now, donors have imposed sanctions, the United Nations Human Rights Council has sent investigators, and the ICC's prosecutor has opened a preliminary examination, which is the first step in ICC involvement. And the Burundian government sees all these actions as aimed at regime change and has therefore rejected them. It has expressed its rejection of the ICC involvement through its decision to withdraw from the Rome Statute. At the same time, Burundi might hope that withdrawal from the ICC curries favor with African states that are critical of the court. I guess a lot of people will be wondering uh, why uh, this is happening among African nations and not necessarily uh, everywhere else. Uh, do you feel that uh, do you, that they may be disproportionately prosecuted, especially when there are, in fact, other criminals in other continents as well, including right in our backyard, a notable one uh, in Kim Jong-un, who is, of course, uh, right across the border here from South Korea? Yes, 
So it, it, therefore, it is not surprising that this is happening on the continent where the ICC is mostly involved. Look, the ICC has opened 10 situations in the world, and nine of them are in Africa. However, this time, neither Burundi nor South Africa has used that argument, so the argument that Africans are disproportionately prosecuted. But I think it is still a relevant argument in the sense that the African Union has made that argument. And the fact that the African Union has been critical of the ICC on this ground has created an atmosphere in which it was politically easier for Burundi and South Africa to withdraw. They need not expect much criticism from AU states. States. Indeed, they can expect some understanding, sympathy, or even support. Then the question remains, does it end here? Is it a one-off, or I suppose a two-off with South Korea and uh, South Africa and Burundi? Or do you think the decision of these two African countries to leave the ICC uh, could potentially trigger a domino effect uh, from other member states, whether Africa or elsewhere? I don't think there will be an immediate dominant effect among all states' parties to the Rome Statute. Many states, and especially those that are not under investigation or those that have successfully used the ICC against their opponents, are still supportive of the court. But this week has been significant in the sense that the possibility of withdrawal is suddenly much clearer. Now, legally, of course, under the Rome Statute, withdrawal has always been possible. But politically, it was kind of not done to, to do so. But now South Africa has notified its intent to withdraw, and Burundi might do so soon. Other countries may feel less constrained to follow suit. Most likely, it would come from the African region, right? If there were further defections? Well, well the most imminent ones, yes. So Kenya has um, suggested that it may, may follow suit. Uganda, Namibia... Now, uh, let's say in the worst case scenario, if um, a lot of other countries, including Kenya, as you just mentioned, uh, they do decide to follow South Africa's uh, example, uh, what would that cause in terms of a disruption? What, what would happen, in your view, to the overall weight or the mandate that the ICC carries? I think symbolically it would be very bad for the court. And symbolism matters an enormous amount for a court that can try only a handful of people a year. So part of the ICC's legitimacy crisis is that it is seen to be operating selectively, much in Africa and not in states where the great powers do not want it to intervene. Now, to a large extent, this selectiveness can be explained by the fact that the ICC does not have jurisdiction over all states in the world, for instance, Syria, for instance, North Korea. So, hence, the aim of its supporters has always been to, for the court to obtain universal membership. Now, if South Africa and Burundi were to start a trend, this trend would go in the opposite direction of universal membership. Then the concern is, and as you point out, uh, perhaps perceived to be a little bit selective, maybe subjective in the way uh, they are pursuing these cases. Uh, Is there there a worst case scenario as far as an existential threat to the ICC? Do you think it's possible that uh, uh, the end of the uh, ICC, at least the effectiveness of the International Criminal Court, uh, may be a possibility? Well, um The existence, I would say no. Practically, the court still has enough work to do and perhaps even more important, enough states parties who are willing to pay for its budget. Um, But the key problem is going to be obtaining cooperation, and it has always been the problem, and it will be even more so. 
because South Africa has demonstrated what might happen if the court pushes a state beyond what it believes it is legally required to do under the Rome Statute. In terms of uh, the ICC and some of the problems it does have, you mentioned uh, it does have enough funding from the member states. It does have enough uh, cases to pursue on its docket so that, um, at least for the time being, uh, survival doesn't seem to be an issue. But if they do want to uh, continue uh, the uh, idea you were saying symbolically to have a weight and an authority around the world, what do you think are some of the principal challenges uh, that the ICC would need to tackle, would need to solve in order to survive and be effective? Yeah, so that's an interesting question because, um, as I just mentioned, state cooperation is the court's Achilles heel. You know, whether it is obtaining for visa for its investigators or getting suspects arrested, the court depends for much of its operations on the cooperation from states. But if the court focuses all of its attention on obtaining cooperation, it becomes more like a diplomatic organization, you know, that is very kind to states and tries to, do, to seduce or convince them to cooperate, than a judicial one, which is seen as an independent body. Now, making sure, I think, that it is primarily seen as a judicial institution is the key challenge to, for the court. At the end of the day, uh, just as a final uh, follow-up, uh, the decision by South Africa, as you say, we still have to wait on Burundi, but is it a fait accompli? Is it possible that they can work out some kind of compromise to prevent South Africa's de- departure, or do you feel that this is pretty much a process now that's set in stone? Well, uh, I think for the ICC, the hopeful um, development is what is happening actually today in South Africa, is that um, several NGOs and also the main opposition party have challenged the constitutionality under domestic law of South Africa's decision. And they argue that this is not a matter that could just be done by the executive, but that parliament should have been involved in this decision. So perhaps um, it's the constitutional court that will tell the South African government that this is not possible and the notification will be withdrawn. Well, I suppose we'll have to uh, wait and see how that uh, plays out. As you say, uh, some of the domestic uh, debates have to be uh, settled uh, as we find out how exactly final this decision is. We're going to leave it there, but uh, Dr. Nguyen, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.